everybody to another beautiful Thursday night at the Dutch Hall in Pine Grove, Ontario. It's a beautiful night here. You know what? Last week was the first uh, Thursday of Ordinary Times on Life from the Dutch Hall. And these times we're living in are anything but ordinary times. You know, there really are, uh, there's a lot going on in the world. And uh, sometimes I think, uh, I think people get a little mixed up and they... Uh, they, don't, they forget what we really were trying to do here. So tonight we're going to try to maybe uh, change to a new era in life in the Dutch Hall. And this one we're going to call the Couch Era because the Dutch Hall got a nice spruce up tonight. We got a great guest. So uh, I think the only thing we have left to do is hit the old theme song, boys. Let's get the thing started. transition of the theme song that's what happens at, <clears throat> that's what happens when you don't have dave charter show up again because he thinks just <laughs> he thinks of, uh, uh providing for his family is more important than this show but when you have nocturnal emissions they're knocking that theme song out of the park <laughs> with or without dave charter so God thanks a right. lot boys right. thanks a lot <laughs> you know uh we had said this is the uh this is a, a, sh a great show we got a great guest it's a new era for the show uh we we had uh what's happened over there did you spill, Beaver? Oh, we already had a spill this early into the show. It's going to be a great one. We might have say we might have started too late. Bartenders are rough. Yeah, right off the hop, eh? This is going to start out great. But we ended up at the uh, we ended up get dragging a couch. I had my cousin Michael from Nocturnal Emissions. He came and helped me move a couch into the Dutch Hall, and I think we had set it up more like, it seems like a real television studio now, right? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It does. It looks like a real uh, late-night talk show. Yeah, and we got to get, and we didn't, we're not in, we didn't introduce our guest. I think we should have had our guest kind of walking out, you know, behind a curtain. Beaver, are you going to have to leave? <laughs> we have one member of our studio audience here, and he's been disruptive right off the hop. It's been so nothing. Long since I've been here. I'm all, yeah, you forgot all, the rules. Yeah, your, your waitress is rusty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I even forget where I was going all the time. I well, just we're got talking started. about the new setup in the hall. The new setup in the hall. Yeah. So we're saying this is this is going to be the era of having a bunch of great guest books because we we got the couch in here now. Right. So it makes no sense not to have somebody sit on the couch yeah. and maybe someone spill on the couch or whatever <laughs> you can do. Throw throw garbage at it. Whatever you can do. But that we but uh, so this week uh, we had a guest come in and we were supposed to have this uh, comedian magician come in tonight. And uh, well, that'd be great for radio. <laughs> yeah, magicians on the radio. It's are still great. yet to be determined. We're still we still got a chance. What do you mean? For a comedian. Well, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to cut his mic. Which one is it? So <laughs> we got to go. So I think I get a line out before I can actually get somewhere with this show today. This disruptive. We have one one member of our studio audience, and he's been a real prick job since he got here. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I haven't been able to get a line out here. 
Beaver, let's introduce you. We've been saying it 10 times, you know. This is one of the super fans of Life from the Dutch Hall. He actually had a Dutch Hall, I would say a Dutch Hall, not themed, but he had a Dutch Hall influenced wedding. It was a lot Heavy of, influence, yeah. Right? And that's, I, I can't think of anything more super fan than that. And so here we have him after a long hiatus and a big, uh, big honeymoon. Big honeymoon. You looked a little bit dehydrated, Beaver. You look a little dehydrated. You look. I was heavily dehydrated. But you went time. to you went on a honeymoon to to the south. Is sunny south? Is that right? Yeah, Saint, you, Saint Lucia. But you have no suntan whatsoever. <laughs> no, <laughs> we use the do not disturb sign mm-hmm. every oh. now and then. That is a sign of a good honeymoon. Yeah. If you don't see the sun. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul you, said that your wife has just a. A, 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 like a tan line of your body's imprint <laughs> on top of her. You can just see the outline of your body. We did have a good balcony. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is really juicy. I think we should just skip the whole show plan that we were gonna do and let's talk about Beaver's honeymoon yeah. for a whole hour. Yeah. Is that okay, Adam? We'll just talk about Beaver's honeymoon for yeah, an hour. Yeah. So we got uh, so anyways we got Beaver here today and and you're fresh from your honeymoon so yeah. we welcome you back after a long Thanks, hiatus buddy. from the hall. Let's hear it for Beaver. All right. All right. Man. All right. Let's hope I don't spill anything more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now you settle down. You be, you got your introduction. Everyone knows you're here. And now I have to introduce the band. The band is the Nocturnal Emissions and a short one member we already mentioned. That's uh, the man that marries the music for the show. Dave Charters. He's decided not to attend today as well so we always have uh but we have the two stalwarts of the of the uh nocturnal emissions we have uh, our band leader mike bow and uh steve the reluctant german are in the house let's hear it for him and as always we have my trusty bartender my good brother paul hey hey Start again. Something delicious <laughs> and something so small. Just have one smoke, you can tell that it's smokable. Time in the show to try one of all smokable. I'm gonna get the start of it right one time. Yeah, yeah. What could be better than something? Better. Like I want to say something better. Yeah. Better than. You mix it up. What do we got today, Paulcha? Well, we got some Dutch Hall swill. All right. <laughs> and then uh, I email out the alcohol. That's what I, we had to put it in the theme song. What, what, what happened? Uh, I, I almost killed my popcorn. <laughs> this, is a, this, is really, this is really something else. You know, uh, this, this is a serious tub. I know this is sometimes a comedy show. Sometimes. Very rarely. <laughs> but but every once in a while. It's in the category. If you look on the internet, that's the category we're in. But this is a serious matter, you know. My brother was almost killed this week in a horrible popcorn incident. And you know what? You read the papers, you go on the internet, you look around at popcorn, you don't hear anyone t- telling the real no. truth about the killer that lives amongst us popcorn. daily, and it's popcorn. Popcorn. I tried to kill my brother. I got lodged in his tooth and tried to send an infection to his brain that would kill him. Yes. Right? It's been said by doctors. <laughs> yeah. It's been said by doctors. Yes. They, so watch out for the popcorn people. They're amazed that you're not dead, right, Paul? Already. Yes. Because they said... you can kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the Paul's potables every week. So you're just giving out swill? Did you give one to me? Or well, you, I haven't got with there a new yet. plan. <laughs> so uh, my brother, since he's got this infection that almost killed him, but with a popcorn kernel, they put him on these really strong antibiotics so that he could uh, not die. 
and uh, those do not allow him to drink because if he has one drink, even just one drink, yes, he will immediately vomit. That's the that's what they told you. Is that right? <laughs> and you have not tested it, have you, Paul? You tested it? You Earlier. took a drink already? Yeah, I had a beer. I had to. It's Thursday night. Did you puke, though? <laughs> Sorry, get on the mic there. I had to. It's Thursday night. They look so good. I had to try So you out. had a beer, but did you? Did it make you sick? No, not at all. So far, so uh, good. So the doctors are lying to you. Yeah, I'm going to have another one. Oh, yeah. Test it out. We'll see how many it takes till I puke. <laughs> one <Yeah>. beer. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Two beers. <laughs> ah, ah. Three years. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> Reverse gears. <laughs> you know, well, so let's everybody, uh, let's everybody like take this chance with Paul's Potable to introduce our guests before, right, uh, right before, uh, before we uh, get into it. We can introduce our guests and we'll have a nice cheers to them. Hey. Okay, let's have one. Hey, hey, Hannah, you have to say your last name when I introduce you because I already forgot, right? No <laughs> okay, so here's the cheers. Paul's Potable, live from the Dutch Hall, welcomes our guest, Ada. Akiol. Ada Akiol. Welcome, everybody. Cheers. 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 Smoke them if you got them. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's actually quite smooth. It was. What do you think? It's smooth, and then it's I like it. I told him I already had a trial. Oh, bad. you already had a, tri- a trial one <laughs> before. All right. Well, we uh, the reason we the re- reason we got in our guest, we said we had a, a comedian magician that cancels on us, and then I started thinking, you know, we're a week behind always on our shows, so um, I I always don't I'm a little concerned about doing something too topical, you know, because it seems like there's a story that's hot one time and then it's not right. the week later, and you're so you're worried, and then so but I was thinking there's something that's like the a theme that I see running true, and it's been the, this way for a long time, like our election was reeking of it. And then now you're seeing it ever since the Paris attacks, it's ramped up again, where you see this like overwhelming fear that exists with uh, people that uh, are terrified of of Muslims because of 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 what's going on in the what they see in the news and all that stuff to the point where they're like uh, you're seeing people being hassled as far as like. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, increased reports of like flights that are getting turned around because people just feel uncomfortable Freaking by someone out, of a yeah. certain complexion or yeah. or a look or something like that. You know, and they're showing that people are like uh, going up to people in movie theaters and you know like uh, you know and, and they're uncomfortable by it. There's this overwhelming fear of things. And what I notice, even like in, it's not just like um, uninformed people. It's like politicians and it's. Uh, you know, premiers of provinces, it's governors of states, it's it's a it's a leaders of European countries. It's all the, like people of like uh, what should be educated yeah, people, like yeah. people that understand how the world works, that are that are terrified by what they do not know, right? So I thought, and uh, I thought, because I live in Norfolk County, <laughs> where there's about zero Muslims, right? <laughs> uh, somewhere around that. I think it's in the neighborhood of zero. I would say one to zero. Yeah, one to zero, yeah. <laughs> like, I got I to gotta ask you a question to all the people that are in the room here, uh, with Steve uh, excluded, because uh, Ada is your brother-in-law, right? That's correct. So we stumbled upon Steve the Reluctant German to be in our band. He's been a welcome addition to uh, the show. Been he's been, he's been yeah. great. It's in my place. And then, as it turns out, he knows a real live Muslim. Oh wait, wait. Let's do this again. There you go. There you go. 
And we said, <laughs> we said, bring him in, bring him in. Let's have a good look at him, eh? Now before, before, uh, before Ada came in to join us tonight, have you ever met a Muslim person before, Paul? No, never. Never, Derek. Yeah, I have. Where? One in college. One in college. Yeah. Well, good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, I got along with him, right? Yeah. Michael, have you ever met a Muslim person before in your life? I would life? say negative. Not negative. Is that a surprise to you, Ada? Well, it's kind of a surprise, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a surprise. So, like, when you said, uh, when you said you went to, like, when you, um, like, when you, when we were joking around earlier about, I said we were going to play up the fact that we're terrified of you because you're Muslim, right? Because, uh, yeah. like, that we're the ignorant uh, people on the sticks, you know, because we've never seen anyone before. And you said to me... Right. You're afraid of farm boys, so we'll be even, right? Very much. And the reason you'd be afraid of us is because because uh, we none of us have ever seen a Muslim guy before, right? It's like a really it's like seeing a like a an albino uh, tiger or something like that. You know, it's a real rare sighting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in Norfolk County. I, I so do. does that make you afraid when you come in because you don't have like when you come in an area like this? Do you get like nervous because you feel like do you feel like an outsider? Personally? Not, not really. Not, not in this country. No. It never bothers me in this country. And people usually, in within five minutes, they're all themselves and they're all comfortable. They're not worse than me or better than me. No, that's right. Right. So, as far as ever since I lived here, people know me or don't know me. I never ever had a problem. I mean, I see a farmer. I'm more afraid than, more afraid than they are to me so you know it's overall it's 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 been not a bad experience that's all i can say so when did you when did you come over to canada it was end of 98 1998 1998 and and uh you came from turkey that's correct i came from turkey and uh what brought you to canada well honestly yeah what brought me to canada was i was in middle of my high school grade 10 i had shitty uh reports and shitty everything and i decided to i'm not gonna be able to go anywhere with it because i university is a lot harder back home than here oh yeah so i'm like what's the way out is it hard to get into as well 100 percent, because you have to go through two major tests before you could get into anywhere oh they're picking the top of the top exactly and you also have after the test you still have to have money there's no bursaries the way over here existed oh so i'm like my chances are next to nothing yeah i don't know anybody who's rich so i'm like i gotta get out <laughs> and my brother was luckily living in canada yeah and also oh, uh, he was already over here yeah he was already like he was he was living here for nine months and then he told me that i could come here i'm like great sign me in mm -hmm. he's the guy i met exactly <laughs> 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 he's, the, he's the other he's the other muslim in canada oh. <laughs> that's the, the other one yeah, the yeah. Two. <laughs> exactly so yeah it was for me it was more of a journey like when i was landing in canada i'm like oh look at these roads there was like when you were landing into uh airport pearson airport yeah, yeah. i was more looking into look eight lanes going this way eight long eight lanes coming back this way yeah. this was unbelievable it just what and then i came here they had a reason that there is no 
lanes. Uh, there's so many lanes and no sidewalks because there's no people walking. Yeah. There's a reason for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. wants you know? them Nobody, yeah, nobody likes them for one, for two, for for whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it, but it was it was a it was I, something else. Yeah, it's a, it must have been a really culture shock, right? Like, what 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 would it be like? Like the the how did you live uh, in Turkey versus how do you live right when you got to Canada? Well, it's hard to say, but one thing I could say when I'm crossing the red light, I don't get hit by people. They're like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." It's a red <laughs> it's a green for me, but I'll stop for you. Oh yeah. Back home it'll be like 10,000 people passing one way, 10,000 10, people running this way, and you'll be like, "Get the hell out of my way." Like doesn't matter if it's green, red, whatever. So it's a right. lot more populated, a lot more a uh, lot more, yeah, exactly. It's a lot tighter, a lot more people out there. Yeah, like how, what's the population in Istanbul, would you say? 17 million, give or take. 17 million, yeah. Yes, and it's a very, very small city. Yeah. It's almost size of uh, London, Ontario, where I live. Really? 17 million. Yeah. In that that's small space, yeah. Such a small space, yes. <clears throat> and that's bigger, that's, I mean, that's greater than the population of New York, you know, like in, yeah. in a small space like that, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, people can't really comprehend that. Eh? Even in a Asian countries too, it's like mind-boggling yeah. how they how they're they're all crammed together all the time. You know? Right. And, exactly. we, and out here, it's like you, we got room and room to stretch our legs, eh? That's very much it, and yeah. I love it. I'm just getting wider and wider by the minute. There you go. <laughs> that's why everyone's so fat, right? Oh, yeah. Turning into Canadian. And that's why I love your couch because get <laughs> I'm getting wider by the minute. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. The couch makes everyone it's comfortable. It's, it's worked out great. It, has, it looks delightful. Too exactly. <laughs> so did did you come over as a? Um, so when you came over, was it part of the uh, refugee program? No, no. It was a personal refugee uh, act, which was I came. My brother uh, asked me to come here as a visitor. Oh yeah. And then because I was underage, I was under eighteen. I came here with a one-year travel visa, like I was a visitor. Right, and then I stayed for a year, and then uh, after that I, I uh, applied for status of a refugee, political refugee. Okay. And that that took me about seven years to be accepted and be legal in Canada. Oh yeah, seven years uh, uh, on that, and you were so you you extended past your work your work visa then. And then uh, or it was a it was a visitor visa. I'm visitor supposed visa? to be a I was supposed to be a visiting Canada for 25 days. Right. And then I wait till I waited until I was 18, and then I was independent, and I said I want to stay in this country for a reason. Right, right. And I'm not happy my in my country, and most of it was true because I didn't. There was reasons that I want to be somewhere else but my country. Right. And they accepted me, and there was a lot of people that did the same way. They did get accepted or didn't get accepted. Right. It's not a war refugee situation. Like this is not non-related to Syria. Right, right. You know. No, no, but it was just a. It was a difference. It was just a thing where youth felt that that was a way to get 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 in, right? By saying that you were, like, by saying that you were, uh, looking for a way out of your country. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. if I was in my country, either if I was. Uh, stressed mentally or physically abused or bullied all my life for different reasons there's there was a lot of reasons but one of the big reasons was 
I was growing up to be an adult, and when you become 20 years old, you have to go to army for 18 months, and it's a mandatory thing to do in my country, and I didn't want to do that. That was my biggest problem. I did not want to hold a gun, and I did not want to hurt anybody, and when I was growing up, that's all army did, like fight against whoever they wanted to fight, whatever somebody else told them to kill or hurt or fight against. Right, right. Not not due to your own choice, but due to your orders given from above. And even whether you agreed or disagreed, you had to do it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that myself. That's exactly how I feel. I could never join the armed forces because I asked too many uh, questions. Mm -hmm. I asked too many questions. I can't even understand it. Like if someone was say, like, you know, like, uh, I'll be a private. I don't think I'm going to get uh, a promoted past private in this fake scenario I'm making up. <laughs> right? But there was a, like, Private Van Dyke, uh, you know, go do this. And I'd be like, uh, why? You know, what's the, uh, what are we trying to accomplish? What's the big picture here? And they'd be like, you're going to, like, just do as I say. March in your go mouth. march in the rain. I'm, I'm really confused here. I'm really not going to buy in unless you tell me exactly what. You know, like, I would never work at that. If, like, Israel, uh, Israel's the same way, right? Mandatory. Exactly. And also for women. Yeah, women too, yeah. in Turkey as well? No, not in Turkey, but, but in Israel, Israel, they have to serve an army. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. In, uh, so in uh, Turkey, you guys uh, just went and, sh and uh, shot down a Russian plane, right? Yes, we did, yes. Yeah, so like, I mean, you're going after the big dog there. I know, it's That's scary. That's Putin, yeah. It's really scary, to be honest, because I don't think anybody should be pissing around with that guy. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> That guy has no fear of anything. Yeah, he rides yeah. tigers, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. I watched a th I watched a video this week where there was a protester, a female protester, uh, and she was topless with something written on her back to get her point across, and she's running at these world leaders, one being Putin, right? Mm -hmm. She's running at Putin, and Putin, uh, right before the security uh, gathers this woman, He's giving her the thumbs up because he liked her because he liked her rock, right? Yeah. I'm like, that is a world leader with just doesn't give a shit at all. No. Like, he doesn't no. give a shit at all, and that's no. dangerous, man. When you have a world leader that doesn't give two shits, uh, that's scary. Like, uh, no one's afraid of Barack Obama. No, no. He seems and like a nice guy. He's gonna talk it out. But Putin's a fucking nut job. Putin is a nut job, but he's a smart guy in the same way. He's not a he's not your uh, next. Uh, Who's the American guy? No, you're the American guy who's trying to be a president. Oh, uh, Trump. 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 Yeah, he's not a Trump. He yeah. knows. He knows politics. He right. knows business. He knows how to manipulate people. He knows how to do everything. That's why he could get away with yeah. billions of dollars of uh, corruption, and still smile, and everybody has to obey him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a real savvy guy. He's very intelligent. I watched an interview with him on the internet mm -hmm. where he was. Uh, you know, very, very critical of like the U.S.'s strategy, and it was well thought out and made a lot of sense. To be quite honest with you, like when he was talking, well, you know, like when you listen to it, it's like it's so different from the story we we see in our news here. That's absolutely true, but don't forget, it seems like everybody talks on the TV makes more sense than United States at this point. Two years ago, Ahmadinejad, before he was done, the president of Iran sit down and talk about Palestine and uh, Israel. Mm -hmm. And nobody had anything to say about it because he was right about the, about the problem. But anything else that he does in this world is no good for anybody. 
So he he made like what I mean is he made sense about Palestine. Right. He made sense about how Israeli government is running and hurting other people. Right. But in the same time, the way he runs his country is way opposite of what he's supporting. Right. When it comes to Palestine, so it's same with Putin. Putin. I'm yeah, <laughs> Putin. You're, you're, oh, yeah. you're so Canadian now. Right? Uh, yeah, I'm, you're so I'm Canadian. About yeah. it. You, yeah. you do love that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy. If you don't believe this guy's uh, assimilated, he's, he can't think of nothing but gravy fries. He's, uh, there's nothing oh, more Canadian than that. It's it's really my favorite. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go to Montreal. Get the good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I mean, I, like Fidel Castro, right. Ahmadinejad. Putin <laughs> again but doesn't matter who these people are they always will make more sense than United States will or anybody that has democratic democratic uh, rules are because these people all they do is uh, study against what's right oh I see so they're gonna find a ways to manipulate you and get their word throughout uh, throughout media that's that's all it is you don't think the united states is guilty of the same thing you know what it seems like when it comes to when it comes to middle east everybody and any, anybody is guilty because a lot of things are happening that it shouldn't be happening right right you know like united <clears throat> states has been guilty since ever since i'm gonna say the last war that they were right in my opinion was south korea and north korea war other than that like they should have not got involved in anything. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You know? They would be so far further so, so far further ahead if they would have done that except for the interests of the major corporations that profit from war, you know. Absolutely. And then as long as there's people that benefit from a conflict and there's uh, and they're answering to a like a soulless corporation that doesn't have a, a you know a human element at all, they're just looking at increasing profits. And if one of the ways to do it is to like help to encourage a conflict or not at least not, you know, exactly they yeah. they they fan the fire a lot, I believe, in order to get gain their interest. Of course, it's United States all about uh, metal and oil. It's either guns and oil, right? Right. Without that, there is no United States. There is no like they have to have guns and they have to have oil, right? And if they can't have enough of that in the, within their own country, they have to get it out somewhere elsewhere. Or and, and the other thing too is they do sell a lot of guns. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the business business circulates no matter what. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about Putin all night long. <laughs> I would like that. I love it. I had a pulled pork poutine. It was yeah. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to try that because I can't eat pork. So. Oh, you. Uh, that's that's. Honestly, you're gonna have to go with the beef brisket poutine. Every, <laughs> you know, I, I would have to make that myself. Nobody else like makes you, it. Uh, you, so you can't bacon. Uh, you um, can't have bacon. I can't no have bacon. bacon. Uh, you know what? I'm oh, you're, so not, so you're not fully good. Canadian then. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, change subject right away because uh, right now I don't know. I'm a Catholic, but I'm a small C Catholic. You know, like I would say, uh, I right. don't follow all the Catholic rules. You right. know what I mean? Like I'm a right. kind of a cafeteria Catholic. <laughs> I take the stuff I like, and I uh, the stuff that sounds crazy to me, I I toss it aside. You know, I don't follow it as strictly as my grandfather did, or right. you know, or Dave Charters, or Dave Charters, the guy that's not here, because he's probably praying uh, and uh, and. Uh, um, uh, praying about why he could only have sex four times because it was just for procreation. You couldn't do it just because you loved your wife or because you're fulfilling an animal need. 
to do something dirty to my cousin. And I do appreciate the fact that I have a strong, staunch Catholic uh, man like Charters to marry my cousin. Of course you do. But, but me for myself, I don't think it to be realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the rules that they have are realistic. In my personal opinion, and what about you? Would you say you're you're? Is there such thing as a small M Muslim like are there people? That- Absolutely. And you know what? That's like eighty percent of the Muslim population. Eighty. Eighty. And then there is ten percent that follows or tries to follow normal Muslim life, which is very hard to follow. All right. A lot of rules, right? Absolutely. And you know what? If you want to have fun, don't be a Muslim. <laughs> so that that ten percent falls into that. Eighty yeah. percent, one way or another, does sins that the religion allows, but you know you shouldn't be doing anyways. Right, right. But and then there's that other ten percent of people where they're disturbed, they're problem, they're searching for a community or some yeah, else. and also uneducated. I'm talking about including, I'm including the education. I'm including uh, terrorism. I'm including all that stuff that shouldn't be there. That that ten percent is there. Then the rest of the ninety percent, they're livable. They right. you can live around them. They're not gonna hurt you. Right, right. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. You know. You know what? Um, education has always been the uh, uh, the scorn of religion. Like religion's always been against education because the the belief has been. That if you uh, edu- if people become too educated, they start to question the church and right. they start to question the man-made rules versus the divine rules. You know right, the rules right. of uh, science or whatever else. Yeah, that too. But like, I mean, I'm just talking about like my personal opinion is that like um, um, like spirituality is ruined by religion. That if uh, yeah. that if you were that if if you that you can still believe in uh, a god or whatever. But you uh, don't. You shouldn't like. Um, but like all the rules that the church gives you, they mostly mess it up, and then people start uh, the, the conflicts all are surrounding those rules, you know, or the history beyond the the religion versus the the general principle that everyone's trying to live have some sort of moral compass in which to live by. You know what I mean? No, I understand, and you know what? I I, I agree with you. The religion should be about basic things, and if you want to get more spiritual within religion like doing more for the god and more for yourself and separate yourself from the rest of the world that should be up to you and it shouldn't be within the religion the religion shouldn't be separating you from the community shouldn't be separating you from you know your neighbor like you could be my neighbor next door doesn't mean i should hate you no no. just because you're uh catholic with yeah you know it seems like people in general Look for any reason to divide themselves. Of you know? course. Like whether it be religion, whether it be uh, uh, like what uh, political party you are support, or right. whether it be like what hockey team you like, you know? Right. They, they find all these divisions in which to like separate people, but it's uh, it, it, it went, inevitably it's all we're all trying to achieve the same thing, you know? And, and if, right. if there's a community, like religion should be about community. And you build a community of people within that, and then that community helps the community at large by doing things to support them. And then it, you know, and absolutely, and I agree with you. And one of the things that my religion says, and which is most people will never even get close to talking about it, is doesn't matter who your neighbor is. You have to be equal with your uh, neighbor. If your neighbor is Catholic, 
and they're poor and they can't afford certain things you're not religious you're not religious whatsoever or you're if you're if your neighbor is jewish right. and for some reason their lives is being threatened threatened by other people you should not be living comfortably happily because that's not what's about religion your your religion just like catholics just like yeah. any other uh christian language uh, christian religion yeah it's about about your neighbors about your community it's about being true truth it's about being a good person right and anything else is such a small uh yeah it's a, it's similar teachings if you look at even all the major religions and you kind of look at the general gist of their teachings they're all very similar absolutely. and then uh if you look at the people that take it like i'm not saying charters <laughs> <laughs> but, well, we are saying but he's pretty close to being charters you know like the people that take even my religion too seriously are like they're a little whack you know they look they're like there's something wrong you know you know there's something wrong wrong with them like the ones that get real hardcore in all the yeah. rules and then they and if you look in the states i mean the some of the some of the the horrible acts of terrorism that were done in the united states by christian groups <laughs> uh, like, are, like, are, it's uh, it's unbelievable, and you don't have to go that far in history back. Like, you look at no. the uh, civil, the civil rights movement in the '60s in like Alabama, there was explosions on a regular basis of people trying to bomb black churches and stuff like that for people that were speaking out about giving more rights for, right, for the right. for the uh, blacks there at the time, and that was like what thirty or no, what it was like uh, forty five years ago, you know. It's and not that long ago. I 50 think, years ago? I still think it has nothing to do with religion. It's about uh, who's who wants to cause problems and who wants to take that as serious and who doesn't want to who doesn't want this to end and who's benefiting out of it. Right. It's not about religion. You got Muslims within Canada, about 10% of the Muslims uh, about 10% of the Canadians are Muslims in this country. You may not seen enough of them, but they exist in Canada, yeah, yeah. and you never heard of them, so they didn't bother you. Yeah, you know, you know who, uh, you you know, uh, Manitoba Premier mm -hmm. was dead set against the refugees thing. He was really started a petition to slow down Trudeau from letting in the Syrian refugees. Right. And I looked up how many Muslims lived in Manitoba as a percentage of their population. You know what it was? What is it? Point zero, no, point four percent. Right, I think I'm assuming they. No, no, that's Manitoba. There, and that's why they're against it. I, my my theory is that's why they're so dead set against it because they've never met any Muslims before. Like it's so rare to meet a point four of your population. When would you even run into them? You know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. pretty rare. They're worse than us. They, they're worse in Manitoba than we are. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and you did meet a Muslim before, Michael. I thought of it. You did meet a Muslim. It was the Iron Sheik. Oh, Jesus. The Iron Sheik. Right we, yeah, we interviewed, we interviewed the Iron Sheik. Right, he's a legend. I, yeah, I and he's, totally forgot. He's Muslim. He's a great guy. Yeah. Nice. He, was a, he, was a, he was a great guy to me, too. He's eh? the third one. Uh, terrific. Yeah, he was number three. <laughs> yeah, there are more, Beaver. Yeah. There are more. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> People have families, too, you know? Yeah, I know. It's just rare. It's just it's weird. You know what the largest growing uh, uh, population, religious um, designation in Canada is? Is a undeclared. Uh, undeclared. Yeah, it's people that just don't associate with a religion. That's the largest growing one. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, when I saw in Australia, Australia, they the, they one of their big things in Australia is that they're not a they, they call themselves not a religious country, 
they don't show like they're not uh, affiliated with any religion. They're they're it has nothing to do with their government, is what I mean. More secular. They're like don't bring my don't bring your religion into into politics. Into politics. Yeah, and that's what my country is about. To be to be honest, since ever since in twenties. My country has been a secular country. You mean don't, Turkey, right? You, that's correct. Are you and a citizen the, of Canada now? Yes, I am. Well, then don't call it your country. Call it Turkey. Well, I'm dual citizen, so. <laughs> oh, I, okay, yeah, it is your country. Then. I that's belong it. to both yeah. both of the countries. Fair so, enough. my country, Canada, and also my country in Turkey, they're both go. secular countries, because Canadian laws don't involve anything to do with religion. So is Turkish uh, politics don't involve anything about religion. Right. And they separate them a lot better. But only difference is, depending on uh, Turkish government, that could change fairly fast. But in Canada, you're, we actually live a lot better, where you could actually separate religion from the politics and could stay that way, which is more democratic. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... So uh, Turkey has that sort of uh, that that sort of distinction as well. What's the makeup in religion in Turkey? Makeup like you like mean how, the population? what percent? Yeah, like ninety-eight percent or almost ninety-nine percent of them are Muslims. Yeah, and they are Turks. We are very nationalist country. Yeah, but that's being said, there are Kurdish people that lives there. There is also. Not Shia, but something similar. You know, Shia and Sunni. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, but there are uh, term different terms for it. There's about twelve percent of the population are different than Sunnis. Oh yeah. So, and, and and you would be able to like, uh, is that a? Are they? Do they? Uh, my, this is going to express my ignorance big time. So I hope that's you okay. No forgive problem. me. But like, a, would a would a Sunni look different? Absolutely not. No, you wouldn't no. know the difference. It's just you, a, it's just a, it's just a personal belief. It's a belief system. Pretty or? much, and you know what? Uh, over the years, there has been ignorance towards other, uh, other cultures, other religions, other, like if you're not Sunni, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to practice this, practice that, or do this or do that. Same with Kurds, which is a nation. You're not allowed to have your school you're not allowed to have your language freely speech oh I see. right but now within 2016 it's almost 2016 it's a lot different than the way it used to be and people never feel more free oh really yeah because they could come and advocate about whatever whatever they believe yeah. and hold on to the president's colors and shake him off and not go to jail for that and it's been misrepresented within uh, Western countries. Like United States or Europe doesn't show it that way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, do, you, do you see then when you... How, have you been back to Turkey since you've... I've been back uh, many times, actually. Uh, the last time was when my father passed away, which was 2011. And do you, do you see the a difference then just in the media and the news and stuff like that, how world events are being covered? Absolutely, and you know what? Uh, thanks to social media, even though I don't like social media, yeah, you got to see everything in two ways. Like either you like this way or that way, you got to see both ways. Yeah, yeah. And the world start to see both ways because if this Russian plane went down in nineties or eighties, this could have been an easy, easily a war uh, reason, yeah. and Russia would have already gone in because there wouldn't be a technology where it said. 
we warn you enough times, P- Putin, yeah. right? <laughs> you suck and you didn't fry. listen, and you're arrogant. And listen, we have to do something about this, right. and we're gonna crash your plane. But if there was no evidence, right? Because of right. social media, he had he couldn't go fight against Turkey. Right, right. Thank God for that, because nobody needs another war. No, exactly. Thank no. God, and social you know, media is good for something. It's for something, yeah, yeah, not for a lot of things, but. But for that, yeah. yeah. But you know what it is? It's a voice of real people, right? Which is really the important thing. Whether it be good or bad, you see the whole population on social media because people just put stuff out there, and if they don't know any better, they just do it. So you see, you see the human elements of things you don't understand, and you see the horrible elements of people that are ignorant, right? Exactly. You yeah. see it all, right? Social media is a weird thing, but it's. Uh, it is a real look into what's going on, and yeah. people have like they use it in Egypt and they use it in Libya. That's right. To to change the way their their country works. I don't know if it's for the better. Or it w- didn't get any better there, you know? but <laughs> <laughs> but at least at least they gave it a good shot, right? Right. They tried. They tried, but it yeah. didn't work that way. They might have to do it again <laughs> until I, they get it right. I'm not sure what they need to do there, yeah. but Libya Libya is such a mess right now. You look at the pictures in 2011 prior to. When he was alive, which I'm a fan of. Uh, you're uh, a fan of Gaddafi? I'm a huge fan of Gaddafi. Really? 100%. I do, I'm not a fan of any president in the past except Gaddafi. Really? He's such a, he was such a, a great man in my opinion. And uh, he, made, he made his country great. Yes, he was a psycho. He killed a lot of people within his family. <laughs> tiny little family. But right. when you look at the country... He didn't suffer a lot of people, trust me. Yeah. There's a lot worse out there. Well, you know what? And the stories, that it's true. I mean, you, you hear the way the United States paints Fidel Castro, for example. Right. And if you go to Cuba and you talk to the people in Cuba, they'll tell you, uh, like, compared to the other countries in the Caribbean, we have uh, good roads. We have uh, health care. Right. We, we have, uh, if we qualify, but based on our intelligence, we get to move up into high levels of education that allow us to do what we're capable of doing. Right. You know, versus other countries in the region that don't have those luxuries. And because his philosophy to get it done was different than the United States, they paint him as being a monster and a dictator or something. Right. But in the same time, a lot of people love Fidel Castro. But how many people he had to kill before the rest of them loved him? Right, right. Or obey him? Right, right. Well, he, killed, he killed quite a bit people before before to, everybody loved him or obeyed yeah, him. Yeah, he didn't just walk in and say to Batista, just can you can you please leave, you know? Exactly, he, he, exactly. The, he had to get there with the revolution, yeah? Which are bloody, you know? Right, and yeah. you know, difference between uh, Castro and Gaddafi. Gaddafi had money and never let any person become orphan without money, any, any woman without money, who didn't have a husband or anything. Now it's a lot worse than what it was. That's all I got to say. Oh, right. I'm not saying he was a great president, but he never left anybody uh, hanging. He took care of his population. Exactly. Really? Overall. Yeah, yes. yeah. And now what's and now it's not the same way. It's it's a No, di- everybody it's it's like capitalist thing. It's like uh, Texas from 1700s. You could go kill whoever you want and you get away with it. So how is the population happier? Yeah, yeah. You know? It's true though, I and mean, there's a lot of times where you can see a guy who is like, uh, if it's not culturally under, we can't understand 
how you would be happy to live under some sort of a dictatorship. Exactly. But if the guy's doing it, he enjoys the power, but he also wants to run the country a certain way. That's why he he felt so strongly enough to seek power and murder people to get it. You know, he that that yeah. and then so, but he still wants to be a you know benevolent you know be a leader. You know, do do something great. Overall, overall, it's not being shown, but overall, he actually took care of as citizens of Libya. Right. A lot of people didn't like him. That's a different story. But they, he never actually went and gone on a... Like, he's not like Saddam Hussein where he actually killed the nations of people because he didn't like. It was just people... Like, he was he was more of a personal psycho. Right, right. You know, he was like within house. What about uh, uh, Mubarak? Mubarak, uh, you know what? To be honest, I'm not going to be able to say enough about him because... I didn't. I didn't listen to him enough. I didn't follow him enough. I didn't. To be honest, about Egypt, it's such a different thing that I don't know enough about it. Oh, it's so, not. It's just you're. It's not as informed on Egypt. No, not at all. So I won't be able to tell him. Tell you that it's like I support them or don't support them or he did good or bad. Oh yeah. So I won't be able to say that. Hey Ada, do you mind uh, for a second if we uh, acknowledge our sponsors and do a little segment that we call feedback? We got. Of course. We got feedback. Welcome to Feedback. We got Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't. I missed it. Was there an egg shaker in that one? But there was a, Welcome to Feedback. We got feedback, everybody. This week's Feedback, We Got Feedback is brought to you by our good friends at uh, Amazon. If you go into our website, livefromthedutchhall.com, and you look in the, on that website, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's Amazon banners. You click on those, and, a little, and you do your Amazon shopping for Christmas, and a little bit of that money will come back and help the show. Cyber Monday. Oh, well, that's going to be passed now because it's a week out. We, oh. we did that last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were a week behind, right? You missed it. So now it's just like leftover after that yeah. one thing. We blew thing. it. If you're listening now, you've already missed it. You've already missed it. Yeah, you've missed the boat. Deals, deals, deals. You know what we did last week? We announced your big gig yeah. at uh, David's, and we said it because it was post-David's thing. We said you changed the world, but now we've actually seen it. <laughs> it actually did happen, right? And you uh, sold out that place at, at David. Well, not sold it out, but you packed the place. Yeah. And the bartender, who is not used to serving that many drinks, said that he uh, he felt like he was actually working at a bar again. <laughs> nice. And I understand they're looking at booking you again, the Nocturnal yeah, Emissions. Yeah, it went really well. So uh, I think a, a lot of people had fun, and we turned those uptight blue hairs into a good time and shook that place up a bit. So. Yeah, I saw some old ladies that looked scared of the drunks, but happy with the music. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the general consensus. I saw a lot of snapping of fingers and nodding of heads. Yeah, there was. A lot of toe tapping. <laughs> yeah. And people apparently got blind drunk by 11 o'clock. So next time we're going to do it again, I guess. That was the real surprise of that gig was yeah. that at 11 o'clock they stopped serving booze. We, it was like England. <laughs> it was no one's prepared hot. for that. We don't start, but we don't go to a rock show and, and, no. and stop drinking at 11. Like that's the, ridiculous. That's really gets going it just gets started at that time i was excited to like be done playing and try to get wasted but that didn't happen at all yeah and uh so we're gonna uh we're gonna have to thank our other sponsor if you're still on that website you go in the look at there is a a thing from vg meets and uh you can go click off that click on that there's a vg meets coupon it'll print it out you bring it in either locations at simcoe or stony creek and you get great deal on steaks and hamburger and uh some of that money will come back and help the show. 
Also, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors at Lakeside Vista. Go to www.lakesidevista.ca if you're looking at booking a corporate event or maybe a wedding or maybe a nice anniversary party. Mm. Oh, maybe it's a big birthday party. Your mom's turning 60. Why don't you give her a nice party at Lakeside Vista? Take her for a spin. You know why? You'd want to book Lakeside Vista? Because the views are beautiful, but the memories are even better. Oh, that's a beautiful ad. And our last sponsor, we got we got so many sponsors on the show. Is uh, Robot Musk? Robot Musk. She's so beautiful. You will eat her eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to play that one right to the end. Right to the end. So. Those are all our sponsors, and so we get feedback every week, and I think the last feedback, <laughs> yes, he's still on it. What we, we got to do is uh, this whole episode, you're going to notice there's a there's an egg shaker shaking through the whole thing, <laughs> and uh, that egg shaker is a tribute to our drummer of Nocturnal Emissions. That's right. He's a, he, what do I consider him? Is He's like a auxiliary member of Nox, right. Nocturnal Emissions, right? He's in and out. In and out. But we're hoping to get him to be more of a solid in. A solid in. Yeah. And he's already purchased equipment, you know? He has dedicated himself. So I do see some commitment here to have this guy as a real drummer for the house band alive from the Dutch Hall. And uh, he, uh, we're just going to give him a little tribute to the old shaker because we're thinking of him here today. And uh, he's going to be on hiatus for a few weeks, but we're hoping to get him back as soon as we can. And that's why you're going to hear the shaker do this show. That's, That's called the Adam Hill. The Adam Hill shaker. Salute. Until he comes back and bangs the drums, boy. And uh, the other thing we like to do, so people gave us some feedback. I heard a lot of Mark LaForest uh, uh, comments. That was the episode that went out last week. And uh, there was uh, mixed reviews because some people thought it was a departure from our regular show. Mm -hmm. And they felt it lacked some of the spirit of it. And the only thing that really was lacking was the fact that we didn't have the band. Yeah. We didn't have the band. So that was the only thing that I think was, uh, was missing. So I think that that's a that's a compliment to the nocturnal emissions that the, that the people who were against it were really more fans of you than they were me, <laughs> right? And we appreciate it. <laughs> but I did hear from the sp- some sports fans yeah. that they really did enjoy it, and actually, I think it got us a big. Uh, it, it noticed uh, the press, eh? The press got it, uh, got it, got a hold of us, Ooh. and now we're gonna it's get our word on the street. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know if you know. Uh, Jim F. Bleak, but he's, he works for a little company called Wikipedia, and he's uh, he's made it publicly known that he finds me insignificant, and he <laughs> says there's no there's no uh, uh, credible media source that will support who you are on Wikipedia. He won't allow me on there, and I will say I had one article written a year ago by the Norfolk News, and now the next week. We got this guy who's turned on to our show. He, he listened to the Michael Forrest episode, I think, and he okay. just became a great fan. Oh. And now <laughs> he works go. He works for the Simcoe Reformer. We're stepping up to the Reformer. Oh, no, I, don't, I wouldn't call it stepping up. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him at even levels, the Norfolk Lateral News and the Simcoe Reformer. Yeah, that is a smart move, wow. Peter. I'm not going to p- play favorites here. I don't want to be burning bridges at the Norfolk News. They were really good to me last, last year. Yeah, they were. Well, JP. Nice spread. Yeah. I went and I got Bonesy without JP. That's right. And these are some great fans we got from those articles. Yep. Well, he's coming in next week to see a potential interview we, we got with a former NHL uh, hockey player coming in next week. And, uh But this guy wants to write a feature article is what he said. Ooh. Feature article. Right? 
And so uh, because of these reasons, I'm going to name our listener of the week, Jacob Robinson. Oh, Jacob Robinson, Jacob you're a listener Robinson. of the week. You're a listener of the week. And this is the, also a test for Jason Robinson. Or, or what is his name? Jacob Robinson. When he gets in, he's not going it, to. It's a test to see if he listens to this episode. Yeah. Right? Mm, oh, right. it's not going out till next week. That's right. So he was, he's not going to know. It's still a test. He still, can listen after. He can listen after. I'm not going to tell him he was listener of the week. And Residual. It, he'll be in here. And none of you guys can tell him he was listener of the week this right. week. Gonna he's going to tell me. Oh. It is a test. So he can't tell me. He doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> well, hopefully he does. Yeah. It'll be afterwards a test. That's right. Okay, we got it. So the other thing we have to do as far as this segment we call feedback, we got feedback. No, not, not right now. It's all right. We're already into it. So is a, is a segment that uh, we talked to a guy that he's been uh, giving us feedback each and every week. And he's our buddy. <laughs> I like that. It was understated. <laughs> it's a Haitian dwarf. Let's hear it for him. Cut it clean. Oh. I cut it clean because this is a religious episode, <laughs> so we wanted to keep it as clean as we could. So the Haitian dwarf, you know, each and every week he gives me feedback, and uh, we like to we like to follow up on him. He's been through it through it all with us. The last last piece of uh, last word we got from him, he gave us uh, a congratulations on our hundredth ep- episode, and then we put out the Mark LaForest episode, and then. Uh, the Haitian dwarf disappeared what? off the again? face of the earth. He, he's gone again. There's no word from him this week at all. Oh. And I got worried. One of two things happened. One, maybe he's not a hockey fan. <laughs> Hockey's not a big sport in Haiti. You know, maybe he's not aware of the 1989 uh, Leafs. You know, <laughs> with Ken Raggett and yeah. Mark Forrest and Gary yeah. Lehman. Yeah, you know, those are great. Dan Dao. Dan Dao. Dan Dao. Maybe he's not a big fan of that. Maybe, Brad Marsh. Maybe just saying, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Or maybe he was in a horrible accident or like a horrible situation and we've lost the Haitian dwarf for good. Or he's had health problems because, you know, the generally, and I hate to bring it up, but the little people don't live as long. They don't. They have health problems and I'm worried about the guy. And plus he lived, he was in a full contact sport with the... With the dwarf tossing Twasing, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Twasing, yeah. Twasing? Twasing. So I'm concerned for him, you know. But anyways, Haitian Dwarf, if you're out there, we're concerned for you. We give you give you our, our regards, and please reach out to us as soon as you can. And if anyone else out there wants to provide feedback to life from the Dutch Hall, we really can't do this show without uh, feedback from our fans. So reach out to me at lifefromthedutchhall at gmail.com, or you can go on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Instagram. Mike's getting on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can also follow uh, Mike Bo. And uh, are you are you on any of these social media, Steve? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> I am. You want people to follow you? You want to get your numbers up? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, you, can get, uh, you can get three or four <laughs> per, like, quarter. <laughs> the show is red, red warm. Red warm. It's not it's not as good as you think. Red warm and shake your hand a little right. bit. <laughs> I think we're doing all right, but this is not that popular. But you can reach out to me, Dutch 
Dutch Hall at Twitter, Dutch Hall on Instagram, or you can go live from the Dutch Hall at uh, Facebook. Give me a like on there and reach oh, yeah. out. Give me a message. You can lots of ways you can talk to me. And uh, that's it for feedback. We got feedback this week. Thank you, everybody. So, uh, Ada, we're, we're, we're approaching the end of the show. I thought we'd do kind of like a little chat about the Syrian refugees and uh, tell you about some stories I read in the news. Is that okay? Of course. So, like, uh, you've been following this, the refugee uh, crisis, the people coming out of Syria? Yes. Yes, I have been. And they are trying to bring 25,000 people before February. Right. Or end of used February. To be, used to be end of, de- end of December. Now right. it's end of February. Yeah. Right. And uh, But even in, in, in Turkey, they, they've received quite a few of the refugees have crossed through Turkey, right? Right, about two and a half million. Two and a half million. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about 25,000. Just a thousand times of what Canada is bringing, but, but it's okay. It's close, you know, it's right. a close thing. And our, and our nuts are in a knot. And, but everyone, everyone's is. Like, it's like, is Turkey as up in arms about uh, how many people are coming in? Or- no, nah, not really, because they're done with it at this point. They, they want this to be done, but that's being said, it's not going anywhere. And if countries like Canada bring in 25,000 people, it's a huge difference. But they're not only bringing it from Turkey, they're going to Jordan, Lebanon, and Turkey right. to bring all these people. And it, it does make difference. And also, as being in my like the way I feel, like it's like it's not gonna do any harm to Canadians, right? As far as business, economy, or anything else, it's only gonna do any. It's only gonna do good for this country. Right. That's exactly. Well, the thing is, we don't have kids. Like we generally have like less than we. We're not. We're a decreasing population as a whole, right? We're not having as many kids as we as we uh, uh, to replace ourselves. Right. We have weak. Batches. So the only way for our <laughs> The only way for our economy to grow based on numbers is to allow immigration or accept refugees. Like, and I think the some, certain countries got uh, caught on to that a little bit more than others. Like the Germans, I think, figured it out. Yes, and they did. And you know what? They're already po- overpopulated. If you calculate the way Canada works, that would never work in Germany. If they did the same way the way we did right. but in canada twenty-five thousand people to fifty thousand people per year it's gonna work perfectly right, right and yes population it's gonna help and also economy it's gonna help because there are middle class people where they work like you and me day-to-day basis in field and this movement is gonna help us right right you know, this is the thing too. Like the the, the there's the general scare of it is that, uh, and the main thing that's causing people to be terrified of accepting Syrian refugees into Canada is the fact that uh, the the notion is that in the Paris attacks, people involved with those attacks got into the country through the refugee program, and that's why they say this could still happen if someone was using the refugee program to get into Canada. Right now, this. <laughs> This is uh, this is a lot different. Having a person get into Europe, and the the way they had to deal with people that were literally getting off of boats and into their and just wa- you know walking in, right, th- is different than uh, us sending a plane over or a boat over to get people. And and after uh, and they've been in camps for years, and uh, 
you know, already endured so much to get to the camp. In Germany, they they're using old concentration camps to house refugees. Right. right. Imagine right. the amount of conviction you have to have as a refugee to leave your country, go into Germany, and have them say, "Where can we stay?" You go, "You stay in the concentration camps." In Germany, you gotta have a lot of uh, you gotta be have a lot of faith to do that. The, the Germans don't exactly have a good track record no. of accepting uh, other. <laughs> Other <laughs> they're not they're not they're not a fan of ideally they're not a fan of outsiders at all. Yeah, you got to listen to to France sit there and tell you, "No, no, no, we've changed. We're very different now. We we don't uh, you know, we have a great tolerance for other people's really you, your track record's pretty shitty." The bottom the bottom line is You want me to say where? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking a shower in this place, I'll tell you that. The bottom line is nobody is nobody is that innocent. To judge other people, right? And I personally think if somebody needs to come to Canada, they should be a woman who lost their husband with their kids prior to anybody else. Right. That's my opinion. Like there shouldn't be a, you know, like or whole family, yeah. right? Like most of them are kids. That should be the priority. Is exactly. to get the young people the out of kids, there. The kids, you know, orphans and families that lost their husbands and their yeah. father. That should be the key, and there's lots of them out there. Yeah, you're worried about you're worried about terrorists. Yeah. Bring bring only women and kids. Yeah, there's yeah. about maybe three, four, five, six, seven, eight millions of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no excuse for not bringing kids yeah. here. You can yeah exactly yeah. You know, like I mean, you know, there was a there was a I'm not sure where it was. Don't don't you know? This is my personal like input from other uh, like news. But there was a premier, I think, said something about we should only bring women, kids, and gay people, which is fine with me. Bring, bring whatever, whoever you want. Bring whoever you want. It's only gonna benefit people who is living there that left that camps. Doesn't matter how great the camps are. Right. They they don't belong there. They should be living in a better situation. Yeah. If I was living in a camp and I found out they're bringing women, and uh, uh, children and gay people, I would start learning show tunes in a hurry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I would look at liver exactly. tapes. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. I'm, I don't care. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be like talking with a bit of a lisp from yeah. that point on. You know. And yeah. the, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know what? If yeah. that's what should be here, that's what it should be here. Doesn't matter. It start with something. Start with what needs. Who needs to be here? They done it with. Nepalese people. I don't yeah. know if you're aware, but in London, Ontario, there's about 10,000 Nepalese people that are extremely ill, sick, mentally and physically. They could barely walk, they could barely move, or they're mentally ill. And they're there living. Nobody talked about it. Nobody mentioned it. That's where the, that's, that's where the problem comes in. Because they weren't Muslim, they were never talked about. Oh, really? Absolutely. There, it just, it's just the moment of the heat. Like, what's the heat? What? Let's right, right, right. Whatever. This is the big topic. Exactly. Right? It's like who? What's CNN and BBC is talking about? Well, that's mm -hmm. what uh, they're saying in uh, right today, uh, because it's American Thanksgiving today. Mm -hmm. um, they were talking about these uh, uh, refugees that are in a camp in California, and I think, I think it was Texas. Right. And they were, uh, they're on a hunger strike right now, and these aren't, uh, again, aren't. aren't uh, uh, they're, Syrian refugees? They're not Syrian refugees. Right. They're from uh, Uganda and from uh, 
uh, Bangladesh and, uh, you know, a right. number of different countries, right? But they don't fit the mold of what's the, you know, what's the, the interesting news. Uh, it's not uh, important enough. No, no. Right. So they, they, this isn't the hot topic, you know? So then they, they, they get ignored and they've just been kind of like sitting there forever and ever on you know, un- unanswered, and they're now become less prioritized. So. Exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Canada has been always accepting refugees. Mm-hmm. They'll get them in here, and they'll go through the process. Either they get accepted or not. Right. Because it took me two years to get uh, refugee status, because some cases are not important enough, and I agree with them. Some cases are not important enough for them. But war refugees, like Syrian refugees or it used to be Kosovo, Albania, right. you know, like those those type of refugees where their lives were extremely important to be taken care of and they've been taken over by, uh, like they've been helped by uh, United Nations, yeah. NATO and Canada. That's awesome. I mean, that's great. And only thing is, if that's, if, if Canadian people are going to be happy with only women, children and gay people, perfect. If that's what's gonna make them happy, like or Americans, what what was Trump was saying? Trump was saying something about uh, refugees that didn't make sense at all. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he doesn't get he's entertaining, and Donald that's about Trump, it. That's gotta you be know, a joke. Donald. Yeah, Donald Trump. Right. Uh, you know, he's preying on the ignorance of other people. He's hoping everyone's dumb enough to elect him. Like right, I think that's what right. he's doing. He's going to the Walmart crowd and the dummies. And he's going. Oh, I want to sit there and scare the shit out of you, and say right. I'm going to protect you. I'm big, du- big Free Donald. Free jogging pants for everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like my mother-in-law comes to me and says, "Oh, I'm so sorry about what's going on there. You know, how is your family doing?" I'm like, "I'm from Turkey, not from Syria." Right, right. Right. It's just one of those things, and it's. They not, might have to not... ask you in a bit if the Russians get a hold of you. That's the problem that <laughs> exactly. you're looking out for. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's never gonna end. Nobody's perfect. I'm not saying only Canadians or Americans are uneducated. Right. The most of the world, seventy percent of the world, including me, is not educated enough. Oh, I agree, a hundred percent. And it's like uh, it's, but people don't know what they don't know, and that's the thing. When anytime. It's even like the people that come over here, they're going to have a culture shock and have to get used to things. There's a, there was a, 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 one of the stories out of Germany, and they said they, they, had, they were the first that were really open to having a lot of uh, refu- refugees. Syrian refugees come in, and they were hugging them at the gates and really being welcoming. And now since that's cooled off since Paris, now they're not, not accepting anymore. And plus they're actually full. There was the, they couldn't keep up to the traffic that was right. coming through. right. So they cooled it on that, but they, um, oh shoot, I lost my point. Coach is cooler. Coach is cooler, yeah. Let, let them, don't, don't let them in. And then, so, what was I saying about the Germans? Ah, Christ, I lost nine, it. Nine, nine, nine. I lost it completely. <laughs> I don't even want to play Hitler. That son of a bitch, I'm so mad at him for still being alive, like for, for living that whole time. It's like he really got away with it. Yeah, that show fucked me up, too. He, I got it taped all the time, that. Can I, can I can I can I put an input about Germans? Yes, and please. why they want why they want the refugees? They love David yeah, yeah. Let's listen to this. It's simple as this. They have Romanians, Polish, and bunch of Eastern European countries that just became European Union. Right. So they're allowed to travel into Germany and work a lot cheaper than Germans. Yep. So let's even say, in, even in England they have that problem. Yeah. Exactly. And let's say let's say. 
you know, I'm just throwing numbers out there. I'm not exactly sure about it. But let's say you're making 20 bucks an hour as a Canadian. And I'm a Polish person who came to Canada making six bucks an hour. Right. They feel like refugee, uh, Syrian refugees are going to come and start making four bucks an hour legally. And it's going to be okay. And those people are going to give up and go back because the amount of people that came from those eastern countries are a lot more than refugees that they're ever going to accept. Because daily, they could travel from uh, Poland to Germany, over 200,000 of them, a daily. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. And he doesn't agree. Adolf doesn't agree. (laughs) But I agree, because you know what it is? Have you, anytime an immigrant immigrant comes in, they... uh, they kind of treat them like garbage, eh? especially when they're when there's a large number of them. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with anything. You look at the Irish, you look at the Dutch, you look at the uh, Italians, you look whoever came in. Who's the latest to come in? The Mexican Mennonites around here. <laughs> they get all treated like garbage when they first come in because it's something that people aren't used to seeing or whatever. It's different. And they always say, "Look at them out there in the fields. They got like." Uh, eight kids out there working all the time, right? And, and they're like minivan. There was just an article I read in the paper about, or not in the paper, on the internet. <laughs> There's no paper anymore. But I read this article and it was talking about how the Syrian refugee crisis is causing uh, there to be an increase in child labor, and from these people that that are getting displaced. And I'm like, they actually interviewed this kid, and the kid said. I'm really happy because I'm helping my family. Right. And they're saying, like, in this case, the family was living in Jordan. And it's really expensive to live in Jordan. Right. So they, in order for them to maintain, they were allowed to live there as refugees, but they have to make money to live there and the cost of living's high. So the entire family has to contribute. And the, the p- people in the West, you know, who were looking at this right in the article, is that this is horrible. And as you know, a life in the Dutch Halls always supported child labor. Right? We've always supported it since the very beginning. We love it. We love child labor because we were all child laborers. Yes. Every single one of us worked as children, and we all thought it helped us just fine. You're and the, re- and the way it goes is that uh, when your family's struggling, you do what you can to help your family. Even if you're a kid, you realize that you help your family. And, then if, and if, you look, if you met anybody who actually did that, who they like struggled uh, as a... A kid and helping their family. Right. When they grew up to be adults, they were a little bit better off than their parents. Hundred percent. And they were proud of what they did to help their family grow. And then their kids lived a better life, right? Absolutely, I agree. And that's exactly what they try to do. And this is this is uh, this is not a bad thing. It's like the way it works. It's a progression of your family that they get to have a better life. Absolutely, and I agree with you. You guys were mostly farmers or surrounding with farming yeah but i grew up in a country that uh, no city that was like populated by four or five million people and i was shining shoes by seven year old and by by nine year old i was selling cold water to uh people who like sells fruit uh in flea market like cold water you want a cold water it's a quarter right right because you won't be able to produce your cold water i don't know like right yeah, like yeah. you won't be able to get a cold water yeah. you want it it's a quarter yeah. and people bought it and i made money out of it right. i sold bagels when i was age of 10 yeah, yeah you know it's not easy but it teaches you right 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 it teaches you something yeah we, and like, it wasn't that bad i mean i never got harassed molested so is it really worse than the mosque or catholic church 
Not really. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, exactly, right? You like know? I look at it like uh, you got like there's a lot of kids out there. And like a, a significant amount of kids. They said the the detraction of this article was saying that because these kids uh, are living in this uh, economic situation where they can't um, support themselves, then or the, they have to help the family. And some of these kids are really proud of the fact they're helping their family, but others of these kids would rather be um, uh, going to school, right. right? Those are kids that we would call lazy kids, right? <laughs> because they don't contribute, right? And then, then but or, the, or but, fancy boys, or fancy boys, <laughs> yeah. It's, but they these kids, um, so they're saying because these kids can't go to school that this is a huge tragedy because they're not allowed to achieve to their potential. But in the same token, by using a blanket rule to say every single one of these kids can't work, and like a, there's a good percentage of those kids who don't give a shit about school who are never going to do well in school, who would like to start making money as soon as they can because they want to start working because they know that's where they're going to end up anyways, and the school's just wasting their time. Yeah. And those kids are going to be so, just as good. Like, how many guys do you know that are in their 60s around here who tell you that they got a grade 9 education or, like, maybe 70s now? How many? I would say, like, 95%. You see, like, and they're great businessmen and they have, like, great operations or whatever. And because they were saying at that time, the stre- the a- emphasis wasn't on school and I wasn't doing well. The people that did well in school, they would keep going on. But the ones that were not, they would get to work, you know? Yeah, right. There, it's, there it's huge. And... As, sorry sorry, no, to, no, no, sorry no. to cut you up, but the bottom line is either you choose easy life or working life. You know, like when you choose a working life because you feel better that way than going studying. My father left. He told me, he's like, leave this country, go do something better for yourself. Right. And I was 16. I left that country, came here. Three days later, I'm like, I want to work. Who cares about school? Right. You know, it's just who, who I was. And I, I work ever since. I never I never study English. I never study anything. And I didn't care. And I, I don't regret it. Right, right. You know, I work my, I work my ass off. It's not easy, but... Uh, you know, like I at least this country is good enough that I if I work hard, at least I get my, at least I get my money worth or I get my. You yeah, know, you get out what you put in. It. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not much different than an engineer who work who study all his life until he's 32, you know. Yeah. And then start working, making 50, 60, 70, 80 thousand dollars a year. I put some overtime and sweat. I make the same money. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know. I agree with it 100%. I think that education is overrated. I've always thought it. Anyway, you know, we're getting close to the end of the show. We're at a one. Uh, and so I, what I'd like to do is to close the show today. I'd like to thank our guest, Adam, for coming in today. Thank I really you. do think that it was uh, it was really important for me to have somebody in to actually put a face. Cause because, as you can see, if you get out in the sticks, you, lose the, you get out of the bigger communities a lot of us just aren't aware. We just haven't been able to put a face to a, a Muslim person, right? In order to be able to actually humanize the whole thing. So when you when you're creating a boogeyman in your head, you know you create it with all these things. But when you actually see the real live thing, it's not that big. It's it's you realize that everybody's just the same, and that the people that are running the show are a little bit nuts. 
But right. the people that are just trying to live their regular lives are all pretty much doing the exact same thing. Exactly. Can I say before you finish it up? Yeah. Uh, Norfolk County farmers, they <laughs> all they need to shut off their high beams. That's all they need to do at night times. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah. We're going to throw yeah, that out there. We can take that. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where you're going with that. That's fair. I never even that's know fair. when his high beams are not anymore. No, it's yeah. all the Because time. you're driving a truck, and that makes difference. <laughs> so I drive a tiny little car, and high beams... Right in my eyes. Right in your eyes. <laughs> Fair enough. But I still love Norfolk. It's a great place. Yo, thanks a lot for coming in. Hey, and uh, one thing I wanted to say is that I, can't, I feel like I've, I've let the show down if I don't bring up this point. I found an interesting point about Muslims. And you brought it up earlier in the show. Right. Muslim people invented manscaping. Is that what you? That's what you believe. Men and womanscaping. Basically, you have to be clean in this world because... After life, that's all you're going to get covered by, like your underarm and between your legs. Really? So you have to keep it clean here. And after life, you don't have any clothes. And that's what's covering you. That's something. You keep it. But wouldn't the hair cover you? Well, it would, it would cover you after life. Over here, you have to keep it clean because you have a clothes here. Like right to the wood? as best as you could possibly get it's not supposed to get bushy that's all it is so i'm really and this is a very interesting fact so underarms as well you said underarms as well yeah underarms and crotch right and so like when you look at a person that's like i would say muslim women are some of the most discreet women in the world right would you say that's (laughs) accurate i guess yeah very discreet right but when you think of them all covered up like that, and now you're painting the picture, right? You know, they're just really trim, right? They shave bushes. All of them? Oh yeah, it's men and women though. Like there's no difference. Yeah, I don't care men about and... men. <laughs> yeah, let's talk more about the women. The women. <laughs> yeah, they gotta be they nice gotta be... eyes, and you know they have a shaved hoochie. Right, but the problem is, if a hairy woman is out there, they're gonna be hairy no matter what. There's gonna be other hair, other part of their body. So good luck with that. <laughs> Just think about it. Yeah, I know. It's just like a grass fire on the right. crotch, right? Yeah, you, I get it. You, if you got a if you got a hairy woman, you're not gonna win nothing. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> that sounds like a song we gotta write. The nocturnal emissions work woman. on that, yeah. You ain't gonna win nothing. <laughs> those hairy women. Their armpits may be clean, but it's a surprise downstairs. <laughs> it's the next single. Watch out. Oh, it's going to be hitting iTunes uh, number one with a bullet. Actually, there's a, there's a saying about uh, men and women being hairy. If the man is hairy, it's from Adam, you know, the first person created. Yeah. If it's a woman that is hairy, it's from the bears. Like the, her family comes from the bears, not from the human being. That's you guys come from the bears, not the monkeys? <laughs> the woman. Simple. We're talking about men and women. Simple as that. Oh. Yeah. Do women, women come, come from, from bears and men come from monkeys? If they're hairy, I guess. <laughs> you know what I like is that. Uh, they're bears. They're bears, they're bears, yeah. I never thought of a bear. I would, I would think about a monkey, but I never a bear. But you know what? A bear is very human-like, yeah, but nice hairy. Clean crotch, too. What? Clean, clean bush. Yeah, Muslim bear. You can tell a Muslim bear because he's got clean armpits and clean crotch. That's how you know a Muslim bear. They'll shine somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about that. Hey, 
All right. Well, thanks to everybody for uh, for listening live from the Dutch Hall. It's, uh, it, I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke, two times president, club award winner. <laughs> and if you'd like to keep on uh, supporting the show, tell your friends, uh, give us a like or a follow or uh, a feedback. <laughs> Otherwise, we will see you in T. See you next Thursday, everybody. Mm-hmm.